So for those of you who don't know Miss Diane, she is one of our she is one of our amazing small group leaders, one of our volunteers here. She is incredible. She's all the time helping and serving. She's all over the place in this church. She's an amazing, amazing lady, amazing family. So here's what I want to do. I want you to just pray for this incredible woman tonight as she comes and shares the word with us. She challenges us, encourages us to stretch her hands and pray for her. Okay. Father, I want to thank you for this woman who is a woman of faith. I want to thank you for her heart. I want to thank you for the words you've given to her to speak. And I pray that the words she speaks tonight would challenge our hearts would motivate us, stir us, and encourage us to be more like you, Jesus, to chase you and pursue you all the days of our life. I pray you calm her, you give her peace in her heart, and she has an amazing, enjoyable time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hello. I can't believe I have to follow that, the slapping, but I want to say that if I was able to slap Levi, I'd do the same thing. So I'm just saying, I don't know, I didn't get, my name wasn't up there, but... No, I am so excited to be here. Um, if you don't know who I am, again, I'm Diane. My husband's Sam. We have three amazing kids. Um, I have a 21-year-old that's out in college. Uh, Jace, who's 18, and he is not here tonight to see his mom speak, so give him a hard time about that. And <laughs> I know, right? And then my beautiful daughter, Jovia, who I love. So um, I want to talk about Easter because Easter's coming up this weekend, right? And, you know, last week I heard Adam say Easter is not about the Easter bunny or chocolate or Easter eggs. And I had to agree with that because in my family it's about jelly beans. I don't know about you all, but the jelly beans flow freely in my house bag after bag after bag and I get so excited about Easter time but for real it is about Jesus and so I want to talk today about a woman in the Bible she is mentioned 12 times she's actually mentioned more than some of the apostles she also had a miraculous transformation when Jesus met her so I'm going to play a clip for y'all and let me introduce you Maybe you've seen the movie Sybil. It's from the 1970s, it's super scary. It's a true story about a woman with dissociative disorder or multiple personalities. Trust me on this, guys. Even on their worst days, your wives or girlfriends are nothing like Sybil. I know because I was like Sybil. I was possessed with seven evil spirits. Although it is easy to speculate that Mary Magdalene may have been a woman of ill repute, it is more likely that she was the most faithful of all of Jesus' followers. The Bible doesn't say when I became demon-possessed or how I behaved, but use your imagination. Depending on which evil spirit to control, I could be passive or aggressive, quiet or violent or behave as the most wanton woman in town. In fact, that particular demon was in control of my life one summer day. I sat on the outskirts of town to lure men into my evil life. Jesus and his disciples walked by as they were traveling from Cana to Capernaum, and I accosted them. Jesus rebuked the demon, 
and I fell to the ground. Just fainted. When I awoke, he took my hand and helped me stand and told me to go and sin no more. Jesus. From that day on, I began to follow Jesus from a distance just to hear what he had to say and to serve him in any way that I could. This story may help you imagine my life. The Bible only says three things about me before the crucifixion of Jesus. Although commentators and painters have imagined much more, the Bible says that my name is Mary, called Magdalene. It says that I was cured of seven demons. And it said that I supported Jesus out of my own means. My name has come to be Mary Magdalene. So that's a little introduction about Mary. And if you heard her correctly, she was possessed by seven demons. And um, in the Bible, seven has a number, is a symbolism for completion, right? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and on the seventh day, it was completed and he rested, and it was good. Well, some would say that with Mary being the person that is um, demon-possessed by seven demons, not one, not three, not five, that her life was complete, complete darkness of sin, that she had been completely out of her mind, as she had told you. She would seduce people into her world, and she had no idea of how dark her world really was because she walked in this daily. She was not just mentally well, physically she wasn't well, and spiritually she wasn't well, but yet she met Jesus. And Jesus casted those seven demons out of her. And I can only imagine that when she woke up, how she must have felt clean, whole, new. And the funny thing is, is Jesus says to her, go, go, sin, go and sin no more. And she didn't go back. She didn't go back to where she was. She didn't sin the way she was. She was completely new. And instead of going back to the town that she was in, she left that place and started following Jesus. And the thing is that she talked about the fact that she had to do it from afar because back in those days in the Jewish law, women were not allowed to learn. They were not even allowed to be educated. So for her to be able to sit in the teachings of Jesus and be educated by him, that was a whole new thing. And it was great because Jesus did something that no other person had done, and that was that he had no fear of teaching women or the uneducated. In fact, so much so that that's why he talked in parables, because he knew that that would be on a level for them to understand exactly what he was saying. So when he talked in parables, Mary listened, and she learned, and she sat at the feet of Jesus, and she became faithful, and she continued to follow him. She didn't only learn, she also got to witness things that he did. He healed the sick. He raised people from the dead, and he cast out more demons. And she got to witness that and be part of that. And so it's just interesting how her life began and then how her life continued as she worshiped Jesus and followed him. And so I think about that, and I think about my own life, and I'm going to get real with you about who I was and who I am today. Now, I don't think I was demon-possessed that I know of, you know, because I, I really don't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I wasn't, but maybe Jesus will be like, yeah, you had like 10. But 
I don't know. That might not be true. But I will tell you, I did not grow up in a Christian home. In fact, I had a father that grew up Jewish, and I had a mother that grew up Baptist. But to them, religion and having a faith meant nothing in our household. So at an early age, because they were so deep into pornography, I was exposed to it at a very, very young age. At 14, I began drinking. I started hanging out with people that were older than me. I would sneak out of the house. I would go to these parties that had drugs, and I'd watch people take them, and some of them overdose. And that was hard, but I was a part of it, and I was there. And then at 16, I started dating. I had a boyfriend, and I became sexually active. And in the same time, body image was huge, so that's when my eating disorder started as well. At 18, I went to college. And of course, what's the first thing I'm gonna do? I'm gonna join a sorority, right? It's the party life. And not that all sororities are bad, because there's some that are good, but that wasn't for me. I wanted the bad life. I wanted to continue the things that I was doing and being wrapped up in. But by 19, something changed. I had um, an older sister. She's two years older than me. And she went to the same college as me. And she got involved with a Christian organization on campus. She became a Christian. I wanted nothing to do with it. But she came to me one day and she said, I want you to go to this meeting with me. And I know you all don't know my sister, but if you ever encounter my sister, she wasn't really asking me. She was telling me that I needed to go to this meeting. And so I went, and I sat there, and up in front was this man, and he starts talking about his story, his life. See, he was an atheist, and he was a scientist, and he decided that he was going to walk in where Jesus walked and disprove, disprove everything in the Bible from day to day to day. And for three years, he did that. He went over to Jerusalem, and he went and he tried to disprove and say that Jesus wasn't alive. But after those three years, when he couldn't disprove that Jesus really walked this earth and died on the cross and rose again, he became a Christian. And so he was up there just kind of talking about his sinful life and what his life and his journey was, and the pattern that it, it was going, and that it led to destruction and even death. And as he was sitting there saying this stuff, I'm sitting uh, probably about 10 rows in the back. There probably was a good 300 people there. Something in me started changing, and my heart started to just start to break. Because I listened to what he was saying, and the things that he was saying was who I was. And he started talking about my future and what my future was starting to look like. And I was on a path of death and destruction. Maybe not death in the sense of here on earth, but a death that I could not be in heaven. And that changed me. It opened up my eyes. And I was not shocked when he gave a call to say, if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and change your life, come on down. And I came on down and I changed my life. And I started from that day on just like Mary. I wanted to follow Jesus. I wanted to know who he was. I wanted to be faithful because he did something in me that completely changed me. No longer did I want to do the things that I had done in the past. And in fact, this one Bible verse just continued to come up as I was walking with Jesus. And it's 2 Corinthians 5.17, and it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And that was me. That old person, all the way from 19 on back, that was an old person. The minute that Jesus saved me and came into my life, I became a new person. And that old person, that all fade away. The relationships that I was in, I didn't have those relationships anymore. In any of the toxic environments, I wasn't part of. Anything that I was doing partying-wise, that was gone. And instead, I decided to do things that were what Jesus wanted me to do. I went to Bible studies in college. I ended up going to church. And that was like the first time at 19 years old and getting involved in a church. I was in the, the Christian organization that my sister was in. And I met so many people. And those people, they built me up. And they helped me walk my walk with Jesus. And I'm not saying that life was perfect, but the more that I continued to walk with Jesus and know who he was and realize what he had done for me, the more I wanted to continue the walk with him. And so I want to go back to the day of Jesus' death on the cross because that's the true meaning of Easter. Jesus died on the cross to save us, to make us new in him so that we can be with him in heaven. He died, he was buried, and he rose on the third day. And so I want you to hear it from Mary once again. I watched at a distance with other followers while Jesus hung on the cross and died. I watched Joseph of Arimathea place the body of Jesus in a tomb and roll the large stone over the entrance. At dawn of the Sunday after Jesus was killed, Mary and I went to the tomb. There was a, a violent earthquake. And an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled the enormous stone away from the tomb. Then, he sat on it, on top of the stone. It was so scary that the guards of the tomb passed out like dead men. He spoke to us, to women. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He's risen. We ran to tell the disciples of the good news before we had gone far. Jesus appeared to us. He told us not to be afraid. Not to be afraid but to tell his disciples to meet him in Galilee. I finally got to the disciples to tell them. And I started with the greatest piece of news in the history of mankind. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord.
It's amazing, isn't it? She wasn't a woman that, when he was taken away, left. She wasn't one that denied him. A woman that was possessed by seven demons. Her life was completely filled with sin. Continued to walk with Jesus. So on the day that they had taken him to the cross, she witnessed it. She was there. She saw his bloody body. He wasn't recognizable, but she knew it was him on that cross, right? She watched as the world's sin, every sin that had taken place beforehand was on him. She watched as he took his last breath, and she watched as he died. She was there when they took him off the cross, as they laid him in that tomb, when the stone was rolled. Even when the stone was rolled away, she was there. And so it doesn't surprise me that Jesus met her and the women first because they were faithful. And there's another reason I think he met her as well was because back when she had the seven demons and Satan made her think that her life was complete, Jesus came to tell her, no, your life is complete now. I died on that cross. I saved you from your sins. I took those sins upon me so that your life can be complete. And she is complete. And he's done the same thing for each one of us. And so there's three things that I want you to take away from this talk today. One is that if you're struggling with sin, I don't know if it's up there, we need to leave that behind. If you don't know who Jesus is and you're walking in sin, you need to find someone and have them pray for you. Because I'm telling you, your life will change. You will become new. If you're struggling with some things like addiction, if you're struggling because of toxic relationships that you may be in, maybe you're doing things that you're not supposed to be doing. Listen, I know. I was there. I could, I could flirt and seduce. I was good at it, and I was proud of it until I met Jesus. But the good thing about Jesus is that there is no shame and no guilt when you come there because all he is giving you is the love and acceptance that you need. And when you do that, you'll want to start to follow him. And that's my point number two, is that when you come to know Jesus, maybe there's some of you in the room right now that have just started your walk with him, continue that walk with him. Continue reading your Bible. Keep coming on Wednesday nights. Keep learning and sitting and seeing the things that God has to teach you. There's been miracles that have taken place in here because God is real. And so I do encourage you to keep doing that. Keep going to church. And the third thing, which is the most amazing thing, is to go out and tell everybody your story and tell what Jesus has done for you and his story. Because that's what it's all about. Mary Magdalene was one of the first people to spread the good news. You know, like the game of telephone. She told someone, someone told someone, someone told someone. And then here I am today telling you about Jesus and his good news. But yet the story hasn't changed. It's still the same. Yesterday, today, forever. Jesus is alive. And so when you celebrate this weekend, yes, it's crushing to see that he died on that cross. But man, the fact that he's alive and he died for each one of us that we could be with him in heaven, that is the story that needs to be told. And so I'm challenging all of you, go tell your friends. You all have a story, and no story is the same. 
maybe you grew up in a, a Christian home, so you don't think, well, you, I don't have that story like you did, but listen, you struggle with sin just like everybody else has. You have a story, and it's all unique, and you need to find those other people to tell about it so that they can come to know Jesus. That's what he's asked us to do, and that's what the true meaning of Easter is about. So let me pray real quick. <laughs> Father God, we just thank you for who you are. How gracious, how kind, how loving, accepting of each of us, Lord. Thank you for your story, and thank you for allowing me to have a story, Lord. That I don't have to go into the past of the things that I've done. That I know that the minute that you walked into my life, Lord, that those things were old and you made me new. That I could walk with you and learn from you and grow in you so that I can stand up here today and tell others of what you've done for my life and who you are. And Lord, I pray over these kids. I was their age too, and things started happening at their age, and I pray for protection around them. And Lord, I pray that those that don't know you would come to know you. I pray that those that are walking with you right now, Lord, that they would come to know you even greater by being in your word, by knowing who you are, by wrapping themselves with other Christian people to build them up and continue walking in the faith like no other. And Father, I pray that you would give them the boldness to speak about who you are, how you have changed them, how you have given them this joy and this miracle. Lord, that we get to be in heaven with you. And there's no greater story than that. And so we thank you, Lord. Bless the rest of our time. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you guys to go ahead and stand, if you don't mind. Go ahead and stand. I've got the worship team to come up, please. Because there are three things she asked in response. There are three things from Mary Magdalene's life that we can learn. Number one, just needing to follow Jesus. Number two, dealing with sin in your life. And number three, who are you going to tell about Jesus? So as we respond tonight, here's what we're going to ask you to do. Okay, as we respond tonight, listen up. As we respond tonight, I'm going to ask you to do one of these three things. Maybe tonight's the first night. Maybe tonight's the night you say, I'm going to respond to Jesus. Ladies, excuse me. Pardon me, ladies. Maybe tonight is the night I'm going to respond to Jesus for the first time. Maybe tonight is the night I need to deal with some sin in my life. I know the stuff I'm struggling with. I know there's things that I'm doing that I, I really want to do. I actually want to do it, but I know it's wrong. And it's time to stop. Or maybe some things you're struggling with that you don't want to be doing, but you know it's time to stop. Tonight's the night. Jesus is always ready and willing. And number three, if those first two don't apply to you, you think you're in a pretty good place with Jesus, I'm going to ask you as you sing this song in closing tonight, I'm going to ask you to ask Jesus to show you who do you need to share him with this week. Who do you need to tell about Jesus this week? Who do you need to tell your story to, what Jesus has done in your life? Who do you need to share with this week? Before you come back next Wednesday, who are you going to tell about what Jesus has done in your life? I keep saying this over and over again. We're not here just to be a cool hangout place, just have some good music and sing some songs. We're actually here to pursue Jesus. And we relentlessly pursue Jesus. And we relentlessly encourage you, challenge you, and, and, and sometimes get in your face about pursuing Jesus. And for me, tonight's one of those nights where I want to get in your face a bit. Because you and I both have friends who don't know Jesus. There may be people in your friendship circle who don't even know you attend a church at all. 
And maybe this week you need to let them know, hey, Jesus is changing my life. Why don't you come with me? Here's how he changed my life. Here's what he did for me. You need to share somewhere this week about what Jesus has done. Best time of the year to share. Everybody's open to it. It's Easter. Everybody's open to it. Who are you going to share with this week? Father, we do pray that as we respond to you tonight, you'd speak to us, challenge us, that if tonight's the first night, we need to take a step of faith and follow you for the first time. Tonight will be that night that we follow you. Maybe tonight we need to deal with some sin in our life. That our life does not line up with who you are, Jesus, and what you talk about and what you teach us, how to teach us to live. It doesn't line up with those things, and we need to change and make some adjustments in our life. May we grab a friend. May we grab a leader and spend some time praying over the sin of our life to repent, to turn away from it. And Jesus, I ask that if anybody, all of us in this room tonight, we have friends who don't know you, we have family members who don't know you, that you put their faces, you put their names into our minds, into our hearts, that we'd leave this place with a mission going into this weekend, into next week with a mission to share you, to tell those people our story with you, just like Mary Magdalene's done with us. That people would hear your name and hear how beautiful and amazing you are and how wonderful it is to truly follow you. In Jesus' name.